When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. It's been another busy news week, and we like to review the major stories of the week here on the Black Information Network. Today, we are joined by Black Information Network news anchors, Vanessa Tyler and Mike Stevens to discuss this week's major stories. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. All right, Vanessa and Mike, two professionals. I love it. Let's get back to it, man. Uh, how have you guys been, by the way? Good. good Very good. good. Thank you. Indeed, indeed. All right. So we got a lot to cover. Let's get right to it. So first and foremost, the family of an 11 year old black Mississippi boy shot by police after calling 911 is suing. Adarian Murray survived the shooting, but says at night he can visualize himself laying in a coffin. How sad is that? Uh, Vanessa, you've been covering this story with the BIN. So why don't you give us the latest? And then, Mike, I'd love to hear from you as well. Well, first of all, that broke my heart yeah. to hear this black child see himself in a casket, visions of himself as being dead. Uh, basically, he was following the orders of the cop on the scene. The orders were everybody come outside. Just a little background. His mother asked him to call 911 when the father of one of her other children showed up in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. So he did. Cops, two cops arrive. Uh, one of them, Sergeant Greg Capers, who not too long ago won something like Officer of the Year in the Indianola, Mississippi Department, small department. Mm -hmm. The mother told them when the cops arrived that the father of one of her children, he had already left. He fled the scene. And she said just her kids were inside. So she told them that. Um, little uh, Adirian rounded the corner in the living room and was shot dead in the chest. Mm -hmm. Um I'd like to add also that Sergeant Capers, who fired the shot, he's black. Mm -hmm. um, the baby got a collapsed lung, lacerated liver, fractured ribs. There are calls right now for this cop to be fired mm -hmm. at this point, of course, as protocol. He is on administrative leave. Sure. So basically, I believe the officers thought he didn't know it was a kid, but the attorneys are saying, you know, this kid is, you know, barely five feet. How could you not know it was a kid? Um, so it, it's a tragic, tragic story. And and this kid, thank God he's alive, mm -hmm. but he is going through a lot, obviously, yeah. by these visions 
that uh, are haunting him every time he goes to sleep. Sure, sure. Mike, let's uh, let's have you weigh in on this. You know, I'm wondering if we talk about police training, how there needs to be advances. I wonder if there needs to be training with dispatchers. Mm-hmm. Because it seems like the cops in the scene are not always getting accurate information that something is being missed and uh, things like this happen. Mm. Um, but like Vanessa said, I, I mean, when I listened to that young man talking about visualizing his own death, it just left a lump in my throat. It really did. Sure. sure. You know, the thing that really moved me was when I saw um, there's a there's a photograph of him and he kind of pulled his shirt away to show where he had been shot. And then um, the, uh, the mother's response is because he was asking her if he was going to die. And um, that's a lot, you know, I I have uh, a a young son. And so it's, it's kind of, unfortunately it's, it's kind of, it hits close to home. So I can kind of see myself in that situation and try my best to empathize because I have some, I have a person that I love just as much who's just as vulnerable. And um, yeah, you know, we, we always talk about training. Obviously my, my thoughts are perhaps slightly more intense than, than training. Um, You know, one of the thoughts that prevails uh, in moments like this is that police need to show up with their guns in the trunk, which is the way they do it in New Zealand. Um, And so there's an extra step involved they have to make sure that there is a threat before they go and get the gun when the gun is at the ready literally right on their hip um the the likelihood that gun violence will take place increases if you show up and there's no guns there's no gun violence but when you show up and there's a gun the opportunity for gun violence to uh, take place increases and and i i understand and respect the idea that officers need to protect themselves but um, I think that we're turning a blind eye to the fact that we, the citizens, have police so that we can be protected. And so we're prioritizing the, the abuser based on that uh, that narrative that the officer needs to be protected. And it's like a dangerous job, but there's far more dangerous jobs. And oftentimes police introduce the danger, indeed, with police chases and so forth and so on. A lot of times police get hurt because they've caused fear in other people. And the other people react accordingly. And so everyone could benefit from an entire rethink. But if we start with dispatchers, I wouldn't be mad at that. It's baby steps all the way around. But obviously, we'll continue to monitor this story and, of course, the lawsuit as well. Moving on, uh, three years after the death of George Floyd, Black Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison just released his new book inspired by Floyd's murder and the Derek Chauvin trial. Mike, it's time to start with you. Tell us more about his book and then let's get your thoughts, Vanessa. Well, I'm not sure about you guys, but for me, it's hard to believe it's been three years since George Floyd was killed. I mean, it seems like yesterday. Mm -hmm. And there has been a lot of things that have gone on in this country since then. There have been some good things, unfortunately, with his death that have happened. Um, but in some cases, some say it's gotten worse with interaction uh, with the police, including with the protests against police. Mm-hmm. Fast forwarding to now. So Keith Ellison was the um, attorney general, is the attorney general, African-American in Minnesota. So he oversaw the trial, picked the prosecutors and so forth. And he's written a book about uh, that, about Chauvin. Um, 
I mean, really, we could talk about this whole issue, the George Floyd issue for an hour and still just scratch the surface. So one of the takeaways from his book is that uh, he applauds President Biden for coming up with an executive order in the absence of a George Floyd Justice and Policing Act law. He put together a, um, you know, executive orders. It does things like creates a new national database for police misconduct. So cops, bad cops can't just move from one department to the other so easily. Mm-hmm. Um, it uh, mandates uh, the, uh, the body camera policies. It does several other things. But I think his biggest point was that Congress needs to get together and pass this law to make it universal and more thorough. Sure. 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 Vanessa. Let's let's get your thoughts on this, too. You know, I was just thinking we can all write a book about George Floyd. Um, <laughs> yeah. And more importantly, as Mike was saying, the changes because of it. For me, one of the most significant change, I think, came out of the responsibility fellow officers have for the behavior of their colleague, which mm-hmm. is why three cops on the scene to Tao. J. Alexander King and Thomas Lane are all in prison as we speak, mm-hmm. along, of course, with the killer cop, Derek Chauvin. Mm-hmm. But I think cops now have it in their head, in their heads, that they cannot stand by while their colleague knees the life out of someone, beats someone to a pulp. You can't do it because guess what? You're all going to go down. So it's your responsibility to stop it. I remember there was a case, um, actually a couple of them. But this one officer uh, went to pull her colleague back from mishandling a man, abusing him, and he turned and punched her in the face. Yeah, yeah, I remember so, seeing that. Yeah, you remember that video? Yeah, and so, nice. you know, this is the kind of thing that really was emphasized in the George Floyd case. Sure. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger. Talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash B-I-N today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash B-I-N. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. 
There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Black Information Network news anchors Vanessa Tyler and Mike Stevens are here with us discussing this week's major stories. All right, we're going to keep it close. Uh, The state of Minnesota is also set to launch the country's first Office of Missing and Murdered African-American Women and Girls. Uh, Vanessa, Missing While Black is a topic you've covered extensively for the Black Information Network. So tell us more about this story. Then, Mike, we'll get your thoughts, too. You know, finally, uh, officials are recognizing a systemic problem here. Um, Yeah, yeah, we've been covering at the Black Information Network missing wild black stories for a while and there's a reason why because a lot of these cases go stone cold for mm-hmm. years and more importantly um it's the it's the families who feel ignored so the mission of this minnesota missing and murdered african african american women task force is to examine the causes of violence against black women and black girls come up with appropriate measures to track it and track data, come up with policies. Mm -hmm. But a big thing is to deal with families. So many families I've spoken with and they feel ignored. They don't know what the detective is doing. Yeah. I mean, they may be working on the case, but they don't get back to them. And so when someone's missing and it's another night that's gone by, they want to hear something. Sure. Um, and so a lot of these families feel completely ignored. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you know, there's the other um, aspect of it, not getting enough media coverage. And a reason why a lot of times these cases do not get enough media coverage, because it's not a priority for police. Police often put out their press releases um, to be on the lookout, that kind of thing. Yeah, to local and, news. Yeah, m- media Um, we always got it from the police when someone would call me and say, you know, so-and-so has been missing. I always like to turn to the police and see where they are. Lately, you can't even do that because it may not even be on their radar. So the way traditionally we've done it by getting it from police first, we can now just get it from the families or the missing uh, black foundation because um, often it's, it's not a priority. This task force makes it one at least okay. it examines it and it's not the only city to do this right right i i, I remember there was an in- initiative to do something similar in california so um it's right. good to see that the people are taking this serious mike i'd love to get your thoughts too 
You know, as a husband of a black woman and the father of a black daughter, um, I think sometimes about them with all these stories. And if anything were to happen, man, would, would the police care? I would hope so. Sure. But would it be harder to get information to, you know, to, to save their lives? And prayerfully, that, that never happens. But this is a real thing. Black women are not second-class, third-class citizens. They're just as important as anyone else. Mm-hmm. And remember, this kind of came to light when that, with that Gabby Petito case. That was Absolutely. the white woman, white young lady, I guess it was about a year or more ago, mm-hmm. who was missing. And the media, the mainstream media, just lit up trying to find this young lady. Mm-hmm. Her family was concerned, and they were looking at police video, all these kinds of things. And legitimately so. You know, her life is as important as anyone else's. And you felt bad for her and her family. But man, if they put those kind of resources into the search for black girls and women, maybe some of them would come back alive. Sure. They don't. Yeah. Sure, sure. I just wanted to just quickly add, you said Gary, Gabby Petito. I think she was probably the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. Um, I'll, because I'll, it's, uh, it's go been ahead. going on for decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To your point about that being the straw that broke the camel's back, um, it's funny because this very show that we're uh, hosting right now was born out of that uh, need to bring some balance to the airwaves because it was dominated by Gabby Petito's story. And there were so many uh, black women and girls who had gone missing that never had their day, their stories never had a day in the sun. Uh, so it's just an interesting note that that was perhaps the straw that broke the camel's back, at least around here. Um, I do want to say something that I thought was um, noteworthy, and um, I'm, I'm happy that it came together this way. This, this initiative, the Office for Missing and Murdered African-American Women and Girls in Minnesota, is actually being supported uh, by police, uh, or at the minimum, it's not being challenged by the police. They're welcoming the help because uh, in their estimation, they, they, they're dealing with so much that this kind of helps let a little air out of the ball. So credit where it's due, because I know that a lot of us are really accustomed to being at odds. Anything black gets challenged at any state, uh, national, uh, federal level. And so this one, it, it doesn't seem like it's going to be challenged at all. They're welcoming the, the additional support. So that's something that we definitely want to mention. Um, also, some statistics that I came across when, uh, you know, um, I first was made aware of this is that African-American women and girls comprise 7% of the population there, but they represented 40% of domestic violence crimes. Sorry. And they're also nearly three times more likely than their white peers to be murdered in the state. And the conclusion that people are drawing is that data like that now being publicly available actually puts a target on the backs of black women and girls because the criminals know that black girl cases don't get solved. And so this office actually seeks to not only reunite families where, you know, as you mentioned earlier, Vanessa, police tend to not take it seriously. Oh, is she 18? Oh, she probably ran off with a boyfriend. But the families are like, no, we know our our child. We we know our daughter. She didn't. She doesn't have a boyfriend. She didn't run off. That's not her way, you know. And right. police are dismissing this. Um, now they're hoping that this office will not only reunite the families, but will also uh, impact crimes of this nature because it, there's less of a target on the most vulnerable people's backs. 
And so um, our hope is that we will continue to see that trend uh, manifest um, as a result of the Office of Missing and Murdered African-American Women and Girls, and hopefully also to see it roll out in other places as well. Finally, uh, to end today's episode on a light note, the New York Times (laughs) recently revealed a few of the words from the upcoming Oxford Dictionary of African-American English. The dictionary is part of a three-year project curated by Henry Louis Gates and other researchers focused on defining words and phrases that are uniquely African-American and serve as a resource for Black speech history and culture. Mike, uh, why don't we start with you this time? Tell us more about this project and share a few of the words being defined in the Oxford Dictionary, and then Vanessa will follow up with you. All right. So, you know, Henry Louis Gates is a highly regarded Harvard professor, Black man. Um, Absolutely. He is the one who was primarily curating this or at least um, getting the credit for it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not, I don't think you could call this a Bonics 2.0. No, no this, no, is, this is a pretty, pretty thorough uh, thing. Again, it's been taken three years. So it's a dictionary with uh, common black words and phrases that we've cultivated and so forth. Yeah. Uh, all right. So let's play Black Jeopardy right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll give you the word and let's see what your your thought is on what it means. So the first one I found was bussin, B-U-S-S-I-N. Bussin. That one. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well, you go ahead. I know, but you go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, yes, you know, something that's really good. Let's take, I don't know, some nice barbecue chicken, you know. This chicken is bussing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Something it. like I that. Second that. <laughs> I always thought of bussing as like, you know, we like cracking. It was like uh, criticizing someone, like making a joke. Oh, bussing like, on them. Yeah. I guess yeah. context matters, but I think yeah. I think they both work. But I would go with the, the food. If something was bussing, I, I would it would make my mouth water. So, okay. Uh, next one is grill. G-R-I-L-L. Grill. All right. I'm going to I'm going to I'll take this one. A grill is. That's a hip hop term. That's some some teeth jewelry. That's that's about it. Mm. You, use use it in a sentence, Vanessa. <laughs> he had the greatest grill with diamonds glistening when he smiled. <laughs> now see, I love this. How, how about this one though? Okay, man, get out of my grill. You all up in my grill. <laughs> mm-hmm. All in my grill. Yeah, yeah. That's but that's another one. You know, it's like yeah, kind of same in your mouth facial area. Sure. Same idea. All right. This last one, it's spelled C-H-I-T-T-E-R-L-I-N-G-S. But Ch- I, nobody I know pronounces it that way unless you're educated. Chitlins, right? <laughs> so that's chitlins, right? Yeah, but it's spelled chitterlings. And that's like yeah. I guess the, uh, <laughs> but yeah, chitlins. I, I saw that written out one time when I was probably like maybe 10 years old. And I was like, chitterlings. And then someone <laughs> told me as yeah, chitlins, that's the only time I've ever seen it written out. But I thought that was a normal word. I didn't think that was uh, a word that just that was just used by us. I thought it was they were called chitterlings and we called them chitlins. So, yeah, I, don't know. I don't know. We have to look it up in the black dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> OK, fair point. Fair point. I mean, right. I, I mean, I think it's cool, I, I, you know, but I like it more from in his, a, a historical point of view. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something that I think I'll sit and, and find words to use. I, I think communication, I think words are extremely important. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't. I just don't see myself just using the, the black dictionary to 
to to express myself. I just right, right. It, it's also, from his it, from his history. It's great historical. You know some of this stuff in there, like kitchen. It's kind of fun, but I don't I don't know kitchen but like the also, back of your neck, but like the back of your head neck. Okay, yeah, exactly. Okay. Need a hot also, to me, it speaks to cultural appropriation. I mean, black, I was thinking about this the other day. Black people have come up with so many things that have become mainstream in America. Like, for example, the high five. Remember mm -hmm. NBA players doing that? Yeah. That was pretty yeah. common. Or, or give me some pound or a dab yeah. or fist pump. You know, these are things that are pretty common now. And, and black folks don't get the credit for it. So some of the things in this dictionary perhaps will be interesting to to everybody where they can say, oh, that's where that came from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. Th yeah. That's, Put it on that's, record. I agree with that. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was thinking, too. This it, it, and, and another thing is that for folks that do not have the black experience in this country, but are intending to do scholarly research on some things as they brush up against black culture or indeed doing research into bona fide black culture. Um, it could be uh, works of art. It could be music. It can be conversation. It can be literature. It can be any any number of things. It can just be research. You know, um, you know, we communicate differently. Um, it it gives people who might be interested uh, access. There's there's a way to translate a conversation that we might have amongst ourselves when the cameras are off and the microphones are shut down. It, it, get, it makes that a little bit more accessible to folks that haven't had our experience and then perhaps even give them insight. I'm, you know me, I'm all about empowering would-be allies and anything that makes our experience and our culture and indeed the way we communicate more accessible so that folks who are seeking to understand deeper and more meaningful truths about us and about our experience in this country. Um, I'm all about giving them a a bridge from where they are to where we are. And Lord knows we have plenty of bridges to where they are because we have to dress it up and act proper all the time. Proper is not really the right word, but you know what I'm trying to say. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't think that that's always a two-way um, street. And so some people, they might feel like we're unapproachable because either you know, they, they don't dress like us. They don't look like us. They don't dance like us, whatever their excuses are. But now there's one less excuse. They can't say that they don't understand us because uh, this this dictionary will be coming out and anything that loses anybody, they'll be able to, you know, um, get get around that. So I'm, I'm hoping for good things here, like always. And again, as always, I thank you both for your insight. You're both brilliant and wonderful to work with. Uh, once again, today's guests are BIN News Network anchors Vanessa Tyler and Mike Stevens. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I am your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media. And I'll be hosting another episode of Civic Cipher this weekend on a station near you. For stations, showtimes, and podcast info, check civiccipher.com. And join us Monday as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you 
and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.